Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone, all the live viewers out there. Hello to the replay viewers. Hello, Gemma. Hey there. How are we doing today? Um, not too bad, not too bad. Can't complain. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is always good. We've got a good one today. Uh, mm. It's by far one of my favorite things to talk about in the mental health field. Uh, hello, Hannah. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to see you. Um, yes, this is uh, something I learned early on at the rehab center. Um, mm -hmm. And we discussed it quite a few times. Um, hi, Molly. Uh, quite a few times uh, down, down there at rehab uh, called Radical Acceptance. Um, and, and radical acceptance, uh, is such a great tool, uh, when you can, I don't want to say master it, but like come to terms with what it is, what it, what it means, um, versus just let, like, you know, accepting things or going through, uh, maybe the five stages of grief, uh, and hitting acceptance, um. Radical acceptance has its own uh, its own thing about it that, I mean, just kind of, it, it all boils down to it is what it is, you know, the yeah. everybody, everybody's favorite phrase for a while was it is what it is. And that that's radical acceptance. Um, a little bit about radical acceptance. It is a, uh, a DBT skill. So we talked about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, and we'll get in, that's another show because um, that's definitely something to talk about as well. But um, radical acceptance is a branch off or, you know, a tool from DBT. Um, so what, we'll start the same way uh, we always do. What do you know? about radical acceptance so far before um, we get too into it. Yeah, well I've I've done quite a bit of it. I um, I don't really recall it being called radical acceptance. Um they didn't mind you saying that they didn't really give it a title as such, but I have done quite a bit of it about how you you can't change what's happened. And it's not like accepting it as a way as accepting it and like thinking like pain, like like my chronic pain. I can't change that. I can't. I'm not accepting it in the way that it's a good thing to happen. But like you said, it is what it is. And it's trying to change the mindset of that to accept it, that that's what it that's what's happening but like look at it in a different way and right. that's it, it's used for literally everything mm -hmm. so yeah like acceptance is uh by far the first step to uh being able to make any change in your life or to any situation um we're gonna get hannah spun up tonight on radical acceptance i'm gonna go ahead and put up the first uh, uh, picture that I've uploaded here, just basically what we're talking about here. Uh, just kind of go over a little recap before uh, we get too deep into it. Um, what mm -hmm. is radical acceptance? Uh, this is, it boils down to the acceptance of what reality is and, and as it is. Uh, then you know you take you take that you you take the acceptance and then you build from that or you make changes or you make decisions based off of that. Um, you got to stop fighting reality, as it says. Um, uh, you know, basically, um, expending all of your energy or expending a lot of energy uh, towards fighting um, fighting what the reality of the situation is 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 going to cause you greater stress and uh, suffering than just what the reality is 
by itself, you know. Um, so, you know, take something that you have no control over. Uh, it's raining outside. Something simple like that. Um, you can't control the weather, right? Uh, you, you may have wanted to go to the beach today, and now it's raining outside. There's no, you have mm. no control. And you can't fight reality because it is I what swear it is. When I wash, every time I put my washing on, it rains. I swear that. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Close point. laughs> and that's just, that's just reality, you know? That's, that is what mm. it is. And so you, you kind of have to just accept that instead of trying to fight it. And okay, maybe we'll hit the beach tomorrow. What are we going to do instead? What are we going to do about it? Uh, what can be done? Can anything be done? Uh, today, maybe we can go do something indoors, uh, yeah. etc. So that's kind of the basic uh, scope of it. Um, turning the mind implies that acceptance is an active choice and requires an inner commitment. Um, so the uh, yeah, like it says there as well on the third bullet, emotional and physical pain um, plus the non-acceptance of it equals the suffering. So mm. that's what I said before. You're basically putting this, uh, this non-acceptance is causing, driving this wedge. You're trying to fight what reality really is, um, of which you have no control over. And now you're just suffering more, basically. You're, uh, mm. you're putting way too much energy into something you can't fix, you know? And we used a lighthearted um, kind of example there with, raining on beach day but i mean this can range from a wide variety you know all the way up to death um we were uh, taught radical acceptance in the manner of death but almost with the caveat um that you shouldn't just jump right to radical acceptance with something like the death of a loved one you do have to go through those five stages of grief you do have to um it's very important that you 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 make that journey with a significant loss like that um uh, but yeah um anything to add on on the uh beginning there uh no that really explains it well um certainly like you said with the grief it's important to go through the, the phases of the stages to get to that and i know certainly when going back to the side of the pain and things with the acceptance of like with me with the pain and things that I have in a way I had to go through the grieving stages as well to grieve for I guess for want of a better way of putting it the person that I once was before my health deteriorated and accepting that like yeah, okay, I can't do anything to change that. My body's changed. I am. I have this pain. I had to grieve for the fact that, okay, yeah, this has happened. This has changed. It was really difficult because for so long I was fighting it, like you said, and it was the whole why me? What have I done to deserve this? And that really is draining to have that mindset and I, I didn't see it at the time but certainly after I began to accept it I mean I say accept it can you ever truly accept it that's why they say about this form of like the radical acceptance I can't change it and I've accepted that I can't change it there's nothing I can do for that but mm. trying to find better ways of dealing with it you know right. yeah hannah's uh hannah was nice enough to put the the five stages in there in the comments denial anger bargaining depression and finally acceptance um and with that uh again i'd like to point out um we're not saying for i'm i'm not saying that for something as as significant as uh the death of a loved one per se uh that we should just jump right to radical acceptance here um and you know not take that journey on the denial anger bargaining and depression because 
your body will, your body and mind and soul will, will go through those five stages um, yeah. on their own, you know. Uh, and each not, person's different with that as well. Yeah, and you might hit them in a different order. Um, mm -hmm. That's um, that's the order that it's always been um, listed yeah. in. Uh, but, you know, I've learned uh, that you're not always going to hit them in that exact order. There's no um, time frame either. Like, again, everybody's different with how long it takes them to get through each stage. Right. Exactly. And and you're more than likely your mind, body and soul are hitting these five stages of grief on their own. That's not something like, OK, uh, I'm through my denial. Now I'm going to go on to my anger. You know, you're kind of moving through this fluidly and not, um, you know, kind of what was the word uh, subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So um, another important thing to uh, mention uh, that radical acceptance, uh, radical, the word radical here in the sense of this phrase, radical acceptance is, is to mean full acceptance. Um, not, uh, not anything more than just that. Uh, we want full acceptance of the situation or scenario. Um, if he or she seeks professional help, acceptance, acceptance stage is quicker. Can be, yes. Um, Certainly going to a professional uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, uh, they will help you through those five stages of grief, or at least you'll probably be well or more aware of, you know, what stages you're hitting. Um, but yes, radical in this sense just means full acceptance, fully understanding the uh, nature of the issue, problem, scenario, and uh, going from there. Um, it hit home for me at rehab when uh, one of my counselors there was explaining radical acceptance to all of us in a group setting. And um, he actually picked me out uh, and, and, you know, said, you're here uh, with substance abuse problem, uh, alcohol. So basically, I can break it down specifically for you in this sense so you can understand what radical acceptance is, is that radical acceptance is knowing that drinking alcohol will kill you and then making a decision based off of that. So there's no, I have to do this. There's no, I should do this. Um, basically, I do have to stop drinking like i had to stop drinking or i was going to die but at the same on the other side of that coin he wanted to make uh damn sure i knew that you don't have to do anything so just because i have to stop drinking doesn't mean i have to stop drinking or uh better worded i guess i don't have to stop drinking just because i have to stop drinking you know what i mean yeah it has to be your choice yeah um another thing uh that was greatly stressed um, about radical acceptance uh, is that it's not, if you radically, or if you accept something in this radical sense right now, uh, you're not putting your stamp of approval on it. Um, does that make sense to you? Yeah. yeah. Um, if, and if there's any questions, uh, please throw them down in the comments section. We always love to get to those. Um, or if I'm not explaining something correctly or, or whatever, please let me know. Uh, but you're not putting your stamp of approval on it. So you got a shitty situation like me, um, alcoholism, uh, it, it, just because I've accepted this does not mean I necessarily approve of it. I'm still not happy about it. Um, but now I've accepted it and I've been able to make a clear and rational decision on where I want to go with my life from here. Do I want to keep drinking and rules be damned, my health be damned, or do I want to live a healthy and long life, uh, potentially? Uh, so uh, anything else to add on, on anything so far, Gemma? Yeah, it's like, like what you just said to kind of explain it in a different way. 
when you'd accepted like or anybody when you accept that that's where you are and that's how life is I guess you come to like um it's like a junction in a road you come to the point of right okay this is what's happening this is how it is I can't change that but what I can do now is decide which route I'm gonna go and with you like you say it was do I continue to drink or do I stop drinking either way it was it had to be your choice as it is with anybody um the outcome depends on the um the choice like with you and you chose to stop thank goodness and here you are today and I personally think that you're doing great and that, that I'm glad that you made that choice. And it's with like any decision like that you have and when you've accepted that that is where you are in life, there's a choice to make, even if sometimes the choice seems like there isn't really a choice, there always, I guess, is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a case of which road you're going to go down. From there yes and uh yeah that, that gets back into that um uh, you don't there's no have to's or uh there's no such things as shoulds uh, musts um and have to um you know it, it's a radical acceptance is a present tense term so we're not dealing with you know the past uh or trying to fortune tell like we learned with uh with um Mm. uh the cognitive distortions we talked about hey jim swift beats how are you guys thanks for the awards really appreciate it um uh so yeah and then taking that and and branching off uh so you know you what what's the next step you know uh once we have once we have accepted mm. whatever shit situation you know that we find ourselves uh, dealing with um what do we do now uh, what am i gonna do uh, what do i want to do uh, how do i want to see this unfold do i want to do anything at all is there anything i can do um you know things like that um you, I'm, I'm sure there was certainly a when you learned of of Thomas's diagnosis, I'm yeah. sure there was there was certainly uh, the five stages were run through, but oh, yeah. at the same time, also there there's a little bit of radical acceptance thrown in there as well, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. That definitely was something that I had to go through, um, and the initial like knee jerk reaction of it was. I remember saying to the doctor, no, you've got it wrong. My son doesn't have cancer. You've got it wrong. You've got it wrong. You need to do more tests. Like, you're wrong. And I I couldn't accept that at first. But then, as I say, it did. The more they sat down and spoke to me and did things and showed me, I did begin to, like, it, it started to sink in. And I'm thinking, okay, right. And I went through the whole, why me? Why Thomas? Have I done something wrong? It's right. like, um, is this punishment for something? And it is. It was those stages. I did have to come through them pretty quickly with with it because when they diagnosed him, it was like, okay, he has leukemia and he has a mass on his chest that fills 89% of his entire chest cavity we need to start treatment right now, otherwise he has less than a week to live. So I had to quickly get out of that whole you're wrong stage to shit, this is, it is what it is now. This is what I've been given. I have to deal with this because obviously with him being a minor, I had to sign to give permission for everything. So it was like, I need to snap out of this and I need to deal with this right now. Right, exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll throw this up while we have a moment uh, talking about that. Um, This kind of basically sums it up what you were just kind of saying, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you go you go through all this, why, why me? Why us? Uh, I don't, I don't like this. Um, 
did we do something wrong? Uh, what can we do to change this? Um, where, I mean, change this diagnosis, which you, you don't have any control over that. And then you look at the other side there, um, it's raining or insert um, situation here. And, and it's just, yep, you know, so that yep comes with a great gift as well, because now you have that mindset to go in and, okay, how are we going to attack this? And, uh, you know, did you, did you guys come to, or when you, when you hit a, a sense of acceptance there, what, what was your next step uh, in your, in your thought process of, all right, how are we going to go after this? Um, like after I'd got to the stage where it was like, okay, yeah, right. They are, they, they are telling me the truth. He has got this. I had to go to the stage of like, well, okay, what's going to happen? What are you going to do about it? And I remember like, I got very, very upset. I was crying saying, you know, you need to save my son. Please don't let him die. And they were giving me loads and loads of information and leaflets. I came away with a file and it was like, it was like really big. And I don't think for the first, maybe even the first week, anything that they told me, I don't think went in. Like I was hearing it, but it was just not processing. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to, I had to literally sign for everything that they were wanting to do for him. So, like, I, I was signing to agree for the treatment because it was a case of, well, if I don't, you'll die. So I didn't have much of a choice in the sense of if I want my son to live, I have got to let them do this. But I was aware that, yes, okay, even though it's not a very nice choice, it is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I went obviously with the choice that gave my son a longer life or hoping it was a longer life. And here we are just over two years on and he's, it's been a very bumpy road, but he's certainly like going strong. Um, he's like still the cheeky chappy that he was very very um unfiltered at times and all but i think most of that's a boy thing um but yeah it once i realized and accepted it i think the the point for me of acceptance really accepting it was when i had they'd taken him into the um theaters and I was holding him because they were about to put him to sleep to have his central line inserted, even though he couldn't have it straight away because of the mass on his chest. So they'd been treating him for two, three weeks prior to that um, with chemotherapy and steroids. And he was getting much larger because of the steroids. And I was, I was seeing all this being done. I was there. I was witnessing it all. But for me, the real wow this is really happening was when I had to hold him whilst they were putting him to sleep and I, I was cradling him and he just went to like it was like a dead weight and he just he was there and he just ugh, like flopped and then they whisked him out of my arms put the breathing tube down and I was literally whisked out of the room really quick Mm -hmm. I went out of the room, collapsed in the corridor and screamed at the top of my lungs, why, why is this happening? And I just broke down. And that is for me when it really hit home. And yeah, yeah now like, yeah, Jim, every, literally every 12 weeks, I have to have him put to sleep again for these um, spinals and Again, it never gets any easier having to literally hold your son for them to put him to sleep, seeing it the whole process of like, oh, and then he's gone. Even though he's not under long, that was the longest part when he had the central line inserted. And like, yes, whilst I have accepted that this is the reality, I hate the fact it's him. I hate the fact that we're going through this, but 
it is at some point like definitely with the grieving process and everything with that that I went through yeah and um you know that that also brings us back to you know that uh it it's not your accepting this is not your stamp of approval on it you know um, mm -hmm. oh, and, and, right it's just it's just acknowledging it basically you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like it's it, it, yeah, yeah. you come to a point where um when you hit that acknowledgement that acceptance and you can move forward you're not surrendering now you're gonna you know consider all the options and uh and make changes as you as you can um how do, how do you want to handle it um and you know basically uh you know the big buzzword around the mental health that we always say mindfulness um that that is exactly what radical acceptance is is just living mindfully um in the moment as i said radical acceptance is a present tense term you're living in the moment and you're uh you know taking each thing one thing at a time and you know one day at a time mm. um yeah it, it, it's crazy um but at the same time it's also very good now i i uh i mentioned how i learned uh specifically for me when he said when my counselor said radical acceptance is knowing drinking alcohol will kill me and making a decision based on that uh i also see it i wanted to mention this earlier but i for, uh, forgot i see it in my wife now um as well she had to radically accept this with me like she, we were engaged at the time um so she she had to radically accept that her future husband her fiance was addicted to alcohol and you know make a decision based on that um thankfully uh she stuck around we're married now happily and uh but yeah i mean she had there, there's a sense right there where out of out of nowhere she was presented with this uh potential very uh damaging thing to our relationship that came almost out of nowhere to her because I was pretty professional at, at my drinking and concealing it. Uh, or at least, at least I like to think I was, um, but uh, yeah, next thing I, or next thing she knows she's got uh, yes. Swift. We can see, I can see the comments. Uh, sorry to change the topic, but it's what is the knife fork spoon on the wall? Is there a teeper? Oh no, that's I don't know. My wife found that at some store. She liked it. That that my kitchen's right back here, and uh, that's the dining room table. Um, no more than that. Um, but yeah, now, now she's found herself in this position, and you know she also has to make some acceptances and and then some decisions based off of that. You know, so uh, we you found um. Let's talk about how to practice radical acceptance. You found a, a list uh, to go off of? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, we can uh, yeah. want to start reading some of the uh, the, the yeah. list and we can, uh, we can stop and talk about some of them. Yeah, yeah. So it says the 10 steps to practicing radical acceptance. So observe that you are questioning or fighting reality. Like it shouldn't be this way which we've just really discussed. And then remind yourself that the unpleasant reality, just as it is, cannot be changed. This is what happened. Then remind yourself that there are causes for the reality. This is how things happened. Yeah, so that's, um, that's a good one. Uh, mm. You know, everything happens there. Uh, everything happens for a reason we know that but uh there are causes and effects of of what has happened what has come about and coming to the acceptance stage and moving forward understanding cause and effect we can mm. then make make our decisions uh a little bit easier yeah i am right so it says 
like number four practice accepting with your whole self mind body and spirit using accepting self-talk relaxation te techniques mindfulness and or imaginary uh and to that point as well i also found uh, well of course i always i always tout journaling um like i've said before it's been one of the most therapeutic things i i still do today and i i always thought i would i've never been a writer or journaler or anything mm. like that um but it is by and far one of the best things I do. Um, and meditation, self-reflection, all of these things, daily check-ins. Um, yeah. I, I still do daily check-ins every now and again, you know, just to make sure yeah. everything's going well. Documenting and things. Hey, hey, Katie. And literally last week I had a, a counseling session and they was trying to introduce tapping. And that had um, radical acceptance within that. Whilst, um, have you ever done that with the tapping? Like, you start on and tap. It's supposed to be like acupuncture points and things. Mm -hmm. And going through that and say, um, it was on about. Um, I know this. That's so awesome. I had to do like on here. And then I, I have to think of the point. I've actually got. Um, a document which I can share with you. Maybe we can discuss it another time, actually. And it was to like to go on here and think and here, and there was a number of different pinpoints to do. And it said, um, "I, I something like I, I acknowledge the pain that I am in, and I fully accept this." And you had to repeat it. It was very repetitive within what it was doing. But this literally was like tapping with radical acceptance where you were mm -hmm. acknowledging that things the way they were. Um, like with mine, we literally did the pain that I was in because on the day that I was having that, I was in a lot of pain and discomfort because I'm still waiting for my surgery. So he pinpointed it on that and getting me to I think I had to repeat three or four times that I accept that I'm in this pain and I um, I choose to ignore it and I had to go through different stages of my body saying different things um I didn't think to actually bring that up but I can I'll share it with you afterwards and sure maybe that's certainly some of the things I've been doing lately, certainly something from maybe another broadcast at some point. And uh, Swift, Swift but, Beats brings um, up uh, a good one there. Uh, he asked, has music ever helped you? And I know we, you and I have talked about it yeah. at length, how, how important music is in both of our lives. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, another, just another great tool to uh, relax, meditate, soothe, you know. Mm yeah definitely right it's certainly helped me a lot um right wait, wait, number four number five then okay list all of the behaviors that you would engage in if you did accept the facts and then engage in those behaviors as if you had already accepted the facts um number six imagine in your mind's eye believing what you do not want to accept and rehearse in your mind what would you do if you accepted what seems unacceptable. And um, moving into that, what would you do next phase? Uh, and mm, what do you want? What do you want to come out of it? Yeah, yeah. Like something again that I did in my counseling session. Um, there is something that has it. Like when I was at the age of 16 for about four years I mentioned it before I was um, sexually abused for four years and I was raped on two occasions by the same person uh, it was at a workplace and this workplace up until fairly recently like it was something that I could avoid however they've gone and moved my housing office right next to that place and I have lost money because I've not been able to go and get forms and things because I've allowed myself to not be able to go there. So one of the things that we did, which is 
in relation to this is to, he said, imagine you are watching yourself in a film and I want you to tell me what happens from when you leave the house, or when you're getting ready to leave the house and you leave the house to get to that location and then what you do going to, into the housing office, get the form. And he wanted me to describe everything, like what I was wearing, uh, which route that I took. And it was about making it so that I was imagining myself doing this. But I, me sat there, was watching this happen to me that was imagining it happening. And one of the things that I said we were going to do, because he said about making it into a film, is that I am going to go to that location and I'm actually going to video it as though I'm making a film at the time so that then I can bring it back and we can watch it together. Because thinking about it before, it was very, for me, it was a very scary thought of having to go and visit somewhere that I knew I'd been raped. And even though it's not anywhere particularly scary, it's just round the back of a supermarket and it's a lot of wasteland and stuff. It was, to me, it was scary and it seemed impossible. Now, going through all this now, it doesn't actually seem that impossible. It, I don't know, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable, but I have, again, accepted that that, that, is something that happened it was a long time ago and I can now change that by doing the thing that I need to do and empowering that and overcoming that fear by doing this right so we've done a lot about about that which I think is what that refers to absolutely and then certainly with like number seven as well, attend to body sensations as you think about what you need to accept. So that's something that was mentioned as well. Like, what are you feeling? What, like thinking about what my body was doing being there and what my body was doing while sat in that chair, in that room, having the therapy. Right. Um, the last few allow disappointment sadness or grief to arise within you acknowledge that life can be worth living even when there is pain mm -hmm. and then the last one which i've done quite a few times do pros and cons lists if you find yourself resisting practice acceptance yeah that <coughs> excuse me that last one mm. Uh, I, I know I've talked about it uh, several times in previous episodes about just basically putting a thought on trial and, you know, weighing the pros and cons, um, taking, uh, taking what your initial thought is and basically trying to find out whether it's a cognitive distortion or not, like uh, just putting it on trial and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving forward from there um what was number eight there on your list um the one about disappointment allow disappointment sadness or grief to arise yeah um that that right there is basically also just reinforcing that it is still very important uh to go through those five stages of grief um mm. for, for for uh you know some more significant loss type stuff um there, I have done, we have done the episode on significant loss, so that's a good one to go back and refer to. Um, and I think I even mentioned in that episode that um, perhaps radical acceptance isn't doesn't really have much of a place when you're dealing with significant loss, um, as it does, as it is very important to hit those five stages: um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression. Um, mm. And acceptance. So you still get to acceptance, but um, you, you got to let your body go through, your mind, body, and soul go through those five stages. Yeah. Um, so another important thing uh, I thought of while discussing that is that um, 
these things that we can't control, like the the weather, um, you know, a a certain diagnosis, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the death of a loved one. uh, These are obviously where radical acceptance can come into play. Where we don't want to see it uh, being used is, is in those situations where there's a potentially dangerous uh, aspect to it, such as like uh, an abusive relationship. Okay, mm. we're not, we're not going to radically accept that our significant other is beating us up. Um, that, that's no, <laughs> that's not a time for radical acceptance. This is a dangerous yeah. situation. And there's only one change that needs to be made. And that's for the health of you and, uh, and your well being. Um, it could be easy. You could, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you, you could, uh, weigh in, like it could, pro- you could probably make an argument that it could be easy to find yourself trying to radically accept this because, uh, either you don't, you love this person, you don't want to lose them, um, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but yes, this, uh, it's not, um, it's not one of those times where you want to be using, accepting the fact that, uh, you know, you, yeah. your significant other is 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 beating on you i know i like of all the times i've struggled to accept the things that i needed to that was certainly one of the times where i was trying to i know like i it's as though i was making excuses for him for a long long time and i had to realize i was doing that certainly like with my um, my son's dad um the abuse like most of it was like mentally abusive and definite narcissistic tendencies um but there was physical abuse as well and i was going through the whole well if i split up with him my son's not gonna have a dad um i do love him he i'm sure he'll change things like that and i had to learn that no like he's doing this to me I need to get out of this situation for mine and my son's safety mm-hmm. and at the same time I was like I need to break the cycle here because I had it where my dad was physically abusive I had my partner at the time my son's dad and I needed to break that cycle so that he didn't see that and think that that was acceptable to continue exactly. then making him a potential abuser in the in the future so for his benefit and for his safety and everything else I had to break that cycle yes absolutely and and in a way um I guess I should have probably uh stated it a little better so we don't want to radically accept or we don't want to accept at all that Mm. um this is an abusive relationship and it is what it is. Um, But we do want to accept that this is an abusive relationship and I need to do something about it. You know, you kind of covered that, but I just wanted to re uh, reword what I had originally said, you know, Um, it's, it's a, it's a tough topic there. And that, that'll definitely be another show as well. Uh, So much to talk about with, with that. Um, and I'd love to have uh, have the discussion about that um, potentially, maybe with Lucia. Uh, that could be a good, mm. good episode as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, some of the other big takeaways is that nobody can make you think, feel, or do anything, uh, and vice versa. You know, you can't make anybody. You can't control anybody. Um, just like a situation that you can't control, you can't. My wife uh couldn't control my addiction because Mm -hmm. you know nobody could i had to ultimately come to that realization that acceptance and make changes based off of that um on my own um and that being said we'll throw up this uh last image i found that i thought was pertinent um we've talked about what radical acceptance is but there are you know the misconceptions as well um just a couple here uh, it does not mean we approve I've, I've covered that of the circumstances uh if we accept reality instead of denying what is uh what is happening 
Um, that's what that's what we're trying to accomplish here. We're, we're accepting reality for what it is, um, whatever mm-hmm. the situation may be, and and not trying to fight it, um, uh, especially over the stuff that we have no control over. Um, and number two, there it does not mean we don't aim to change things. Uh, it, um, I think I started the broadcast off by saying, in order to change, uh, we first need to accept what our current reality is, and that is, in a nutshell, uh, mental health. You know, uh, or one of the best quotes I think along these lines for mental health. You know, in order to change, we need to accept what reality is and you know i said it two or three times already tonight i've said it in another broadcast i needed to accept that fact of the matter that i had a problem with alcohol and only then have i been able to make any kind of changes for the better um anything to add on uh the misconceptions there Gemma? um no, I think you covered it. Like, but yeah, definitely the first one is um, de- like a big thing. Um, a lot of people think that you have to accept uh, what it, it like. It's not that you approve of it, like you say, not anything like that. And um, I think when you realize that, it becomes a little easier, I guess, to start with the uh, the radical acceptance of everything absolutely um and it once you once you can achieve some acceptance as well you can get a little you'll see hi kim uh from london there you go uh you can you can see that you'll get some motivation even uh i i know I mean, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but of course, this is the biggest thing in my life right now is the the alcoholism. Um, and when I made that, when I made that step to acceptance, there was just a, a ball of fire or, or fire lit under me to start making the appropriate changes, which is uh, which was never there before. Um, it it was always, you know. One of those things i'll get around to it uh you know i'll get around to paying bills you know anything like that um but accepting or coming to terms with what reality what the reality of the situation was finally really motivated me to start making those changes and uh and the desire was there the want um and, and understanding, and I actually accepted the fact that I didn't want to die as well at the same time, yeah. uh, because that was that was a question that was up in the air. Unfortunately, um, I've never been uh, suicidal, but uh, I had what they 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 refer to it as passive death wish. Um, so basically, I I I would never take it upon myself to end my life, but. I would go put myself in some shit situations or do some risky things like go skydiving and, you know, the hell with it. If, if I die, I die kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just a couple other things to, to mention about the, the, the benefits of radical acceptance, you know, giving you that motivation uh, to move forward. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I for one I'm certainly glad that you uh, went down the route you did anyway yeah it's been it's been a fun uh, a fun ride for sure so far like something I was so all around scared of Um, you know I I kind of always knew in the back of my mind that I I was drinking way more than anybody that I worked with or, or went out drinking with like I could, I could outlast everybody, and um, you know, I was always tooting my own horn over it. But uh, it's just, I think I was prolonging the realization uh, and the acceptance. Uh, certainly, I mentioned before that it, it, alcoholism comes from both sides of my family tree. So I mean, it was like honed in. Crosshairs were on me from the get go. 
So uh, I was able to put it off long enough that I had some fun. Uh, but now it's time to accept what reality is and, and make those decisions. And going down this path that I've chosen uh, has mm. been has been one of the greatest experiences so far. I would have never met all you all you guys, especially you, Gemma, joining me on this broadcast. Um, mm. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm on. Like I say, I'm I'm honored that uh, you've asked me to do this, and I I think there was a reason that I went on to Haps last that night when you were doing um, the broadcast with Lucy. And normally I wouldn't go on at that time, but I try to keep off my phone, otherwise it can end up being. I'll just check my phone to three hours later. I'm still on my phone, um, but like I, you certainly have come a really long way, and um, I, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm glad that we met, and uh, honoured to call you a friend now. So um, I definitely think that maybe that's something we can discuss again at some point. How you got there? Because I'm guessing like you like achieving all you have and stuff has made you want to help other people more right it certainly has um like it is a part of my recovery uh you know or any any recovery really uh the 12th step of of alcoholics mm -hmm. anonymous you know having had a spiritual awakening i work in the program we now go forth and help others on their journey um using our experience strength and hope and what we've learned to help others succeed as well um and um not feel so alone uh but i think you know just the kind of person that i've always been like i have uh i've been a dj of weddings um mm. you know uh, being a firefighter has I've uh, been very, you know, you're very open. Uh, what I'm, what I'm getting across is that I've never been shy uh, on, on camera or on a microphone. Mm. Um, so I, I've always kind of liked doing this stuff. And now to have such a, a platform or um, such a topic that I've, you know, taken in so much over this past year, uh, year and a half mm. almost is, is just great. Um, it's very enjoyable and the it blows my mind the every time we get on here and the the, yeah. the the amount of people that get talking about mental health and it's it's great um i think it needs to be done in order to change the way people see it because it used to be such a taboo subject where you couldn't discuss it and if you had depression or that makes you a bad person and I think that that definitely needs to change and the more people do talk about it and the more people realize that it's affected probably way more than anybody can imagine that um, that only then will it truly be accepted and start to change the way people perceive it mm -hmm. because there's so many people out there that you would look at and think that they were fine. And usually, like with depression and stuff, certainly in my case and many people I've known, usually the people that are walking around with a smile on their face and seem that everything's fine, they're the ones that are really not. And I know, like, I find it cool that you did DJing too. Um, because I, I was also that and I think a lot of that was down to my love of music and how it helped me but I think that um, often like I say the people that are suffering the most are the ones with the biggest smiles, the ones that are goofing around a lot because I know how much it, how crap it is to feel so alone and so miserable and so down all the time which is why I think I've made it my mission to make sure that other people at least have a laugh or a joke. And like I do, I'm terrible at goofing around and I can take the broadcast down the Swanee in 30 seconds flat. But I think that a lot of that stems to the way I feel inside and I'm accepting that now. 
and coming to terms with that now in order to heal myself. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, looks like uh, well, we got about five minutes. We'll do uh, a quick recap like we normally do. Uh, and also mm. I want to I want to send plugs out for Lucia. She's getting ready to go live at seven, uh, my time. So midnight UK and what is that? Six, five, four o'clock Pacific. Um, and then tonight, Catalyst from Chicago land with Jim. That'll be what, nine o'clock? Jim, are you still in here? Is that nine o'clock my time, eight o'clock your time, or 10 o'clock my time, nine o'clock your time? Um, make sure you catch Jim in Chicagoland. His Catalyst broadcast is one of my favorites on the on this platform. Uh, it really goes well with Wednesdays uh, that we decided to start broadcasting on Wednesdays. And then Lucia does her mental health show right afterwards. Mm. And then we all kind of just decompress around the fire pit at the end of the night there. Um, with Jim. Good night, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, going over a quick recap, uh, I think we covered a good bit of information. I encourage, I encourage people to watch the replay if they want to go back over anything, missed anything, but the long and short of radical acceptance is those five simple words. It is what it is. Um, and then knowing, knowing it is what it is and being able to accept reality for what it is making a decision that can uh, you know making a decision based off of that knowledge um, what you want out of it uh, what can you do with it what can be done do you want to do anything with it um, uh, another big takeaway of course was do not uh, do not fall into radical acceptance with potentially dangerous situations. I want to reiterate that um, we're not, we're not radically accepting the fact that our, we're in an abusive relationship or uh, anything. We need to get appropriate help. And um, there's Jim. Jim, what, uh, what time was Catalyst tonight on, on my time? I guess I'm an hour ahead of you. Is it 10 o'clock my time? Uh, yeah. So uh, please reach out for appropriate help. There will be a future episode forthcoming, um, 11 p.m. Eastern. Okay, awesome. Put that up. Um, a future broadcast coming on uh, abusive relationships, uh, sexual or physical. Uh, tough topic to talk about, but we have uh, great folks Gemma included to weigh in on all the issues and we're not radically accepting that we're getting the appropriate help immediately we're radically accepting the fact that we need help in out of this situation right yeah <laughs> uh do you have anything else in closing there Gemma before we kick it over to Lucia um no not really about the topics I think you've really covered it well um one thing that I will say, like, if anybody ever wants to, I guess, join us and discuss mental health and, like, either share your story or um, just discuss anything in general um, with us about mental health, certainly the more people discuss it and normalise the fact that mental health does affect everybody, then and we'll start moving on into a world that accepts it more and is more open so if anybody does want to like come on with us that would be great you can contact either one of us yeah absolutely and uh if, if you want to further help get the get the word out there uh mm -hmm. when these broadcasts are finished and and uh on post, the replays are posted feel mm -hmm. free to share them out to all your socials uh uh we even, you know, talked with Bo from last week's episode. He's more than happy to uh, have it, uh, you know, continue to be watched and seen. Um, and we'll, we appreciate any uh, further uh, 
you know, sharing onto socials and everything uh, to get this topic out there and continue the conversation. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Welcome back, Gemma. Yeah. <laughs> It had to do it, didn't it? Got- <laughs> right at the end, too. Almost made it. Nearly. <laughs> uh, oh. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Gemma, for uh, hosting with me. Oh, and thank you. We'll see everybody over with Lucia and with Jim later on tonight. How about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as always, we'll leave you with the, the, the new end screen um, with all the numbers that you can reach out to if need be. Thanks again, guys, and uh, I hope everybody has a great night.